0: Greetings. Welcome to Space Court.
1: She said, Do you come from a land down under? Where women glow and men plunder. Can't you hear? Can't you hear the thunder? I said, You better, run, you better take cover.
0: As of January 11, 2020 The bushfire crisis in Australia, continues to destroy and devastate the land and all its inhabitants. Over 2,200 homes have been destroyed, and there has been billions of dollars in property damage. There have been 25 fatalities accounted for. Nearly 11 million hectares of land have burned, which is equivalent to 26 million acres. At least 1 billion, yes, 1 billion, wild animals are estimated to have died. These numbers will only increase. We invite you to join us as we come together to give help to those affected by this tragedy. We would like to introduce you to your hostess on this voyage, Rachel Villaverde, Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, Gemini Rising. As most of you know,
2: the bushfire crisis in Australia has been going on for several months now. But it's only been within the past few weeks that social media has spread the word. And as a result, people from all around the world are coming together to help. This has inspired Space Court to create the Cosmic Collective Charity. And within less than a week, we have rallied to connect with people in Australia and all over the world to spearhead what we are calling Donate Down Under. Before I tell you more about the details of this initiative, I want to share a few conversations that I recently had with people that are currently living in Australia. Very grateful to have you here, sharing your story and perspective of what's been going on in Australia. For starters, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do.
0: We would like to introduce you to, invited her to be on Space Court. Because of her inspirational Instagram post about the bushfires in Australia. Empower her healing. Cancer Sun, Capricorn Moon, Sagittarius Rising.
1: I was born in Cape Town, South Africa. I was raised in Perth, Australia, the most isolated city in the world. And then I actually moved to the US and I was living there for 11 years up until two and a half years ago. I moved back to Australia, but I actually now call Sydney home. Basically I'm a clinical psychologist but I'm not practicing in Australia. I decided to fuse my clinical psychology with spiritual and intuitive healing and guidance. So I do that and I have clients from all over the world and then in addition to that I have obviously in person healing sessions as well. I love the work that I do. I love helping facilitate, you know, other people's healing journeys. In addition to that, I simultaneously co-founded my own beauty brand, so that's doing really well and that's completely different industry. Yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell and, and I'm as I mentioned, I'm in Sydney at the moment currently. Fantastic. So
2: what's happening in Australia right now?
1: It's so gut-wrenching and I just, I'm fighting back tears now as I talk about it because it's just, yeah, it's hard for me to put into words eloquently what is going on. It's interesting because everything you see in the media usually, like, Global politics, war, different crises, different catastrophes usually have an element of being sensationalized. But I would say in this case, nothing is sensationalized. Everything that you're seeing is happening and if not worse. I'm just so glad in a sense that it's reached beyond the scope of Australia in terms of the news and the media. It's been happening for months now and it's only just reached global media and social media our country is on fire it's burning i'm sure you've read about or heard the t- statistics i know most people have mm-hmm. apparently it's now up to 1 billion wildlife have perished 24 people have died people have lost their homes their belongings and you know while i feel so sad and just grief-stricken for our homeland our our greater community that is australia my grief really just is with the perished mammals and wildlife. I don't know why, like, yes, I've always been a big animal person, but I can't even convey to you how deep my grief lies when it comes to these animals and the graphic imagery I've seen of hundreds of kangaroos just piled up dead on the side of a road and, you know, charred koalas and the baby koalas, their paws are burnt and they're in rehabilitation now and it's just, it's sickening. Like a few weeks ago, the smoke was so thick in Sydney. And just to give you an idea, the closest fire was probably like a three or four hour drive away from Sydney. So it's close, Mm. but not incredibly close. And the smoke was so thick that I had to stay indoors for seven days straight. I had to order groceries to be delivered. I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't take my dog for a walk. And I'm not saying this, you know, in the sense that I feel sorry for myself. I mean, there are people going through way worse than that, but this is just to illustrate, you know, and give you a sense of what someone who's not really directly affected is going through and how our lives have just been completely turned upside down. And that's, you know, to a very small degree, I don't feel sorry for myself You know, that's like the least of Australia's problems right now is that we're stuck indoors, unable Mm -hmm. to breathe, you know, fresh air that Australia is known for. It's just so devastating. And we've had to buy an air purifier you know we've got the oil diffuser going those things you take for granted it's just devastating i i i don't know if if what i'm saying makes any sense i don't know if it's eloquent or not i'm just speaking in raw emotion and raw terms and just completely grief-stricken and that's coming from someone who hasn't lost their home thankfully hasn't been directly impacted so i can only just imagine the grief and the devastation and the hurt and the pain and the struggle that everyone else is is going through, who has lost their homes, who is completely displaced, does not know what they're going to do with their life, their businesses have been lost. My heart really is fragmented for all these people. So Mm. I know that's long-winded, but that's kind of just the raw emotion of it all.
2: No, I really appreciate that. And I think that's a very accurate snapshot of what your experience is. And that's absolutely what I'm hoping to understand. So thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing that. Mm -hmm. People certainly want to help. From your perspective and your understanding, what is the best way that people can help?
1: Locally is obviously a different story. I mean, we've been kind of going to different donation centers and dropping off clothing and bedding and canned food and bottles of water and just necessities that are being dropped off to rural areas that have been deeply impacted and affected and have lost their homes. And obviously, that's hard to do from abroad. But in one word, all I can describe is donate. D O N A T E donate because money right now is being dispersed actually in real time to those affected, whether it be wildlife rehabilitation centers to families who've been directly impacted from the fires, who've lost everything. So donation, and it takes two seconds. It does not take long. Every dollar helps. So just picking a few charities and organizations and maybe donating $1 or $2 to either of those, especially the US dollar goes further than the Australian dollar. You know, bear that in mind. Tragically and sadly, none of this is being government funded. None of it. So the government, you know, I I don't want to get political, it's hard not to, but (laughs) that is why the people and power to the people and the collective Mm. we've had to raise our own money and I think the one thing that's brought a smile to my face during all of this is the power of social media and the power of generosity and there's kindness out there kindness still exists in this world I mean Mm. as you know Celeste Barber's raise I remember following it at the beginning a couple days ago I believe it was on Friday she started the charity for the New South Wales Rural Fire Service and she started at a goal of $30,000 Australian dollars, it's now reached over 50 million Australian dollars. Wow. And that's from people overseas, people locally, it's unfathomable. And it's absolutely incredible to witness the power of human connectivity in that way and human mm-hmm. generosity and the spirit of kindness. But yes, donations, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. how people abroad can help fantastic
2: because that's what we aim to do um is there anything else that you want to share or any
1: yeah actually a second part to that answer would be pray for rain because Mm -hmm. last night it poured Mm -hmm. with rain and i was Mm -hmm. just smiling in bed listening to the rain Mm -hmm. pouring
2: Mm -hmm. um
1: and people the night before it actually started to kind of just drizzle a little bit and people Mm -hmm. were cheering really just Grateful for that. And again, there's so much to be said about the collective of prayer
2: mm-hmm. and
1: praying and that global collective of praying for rain. I just hope that our future is not, you know, I said this in my post on Instagram on Empower Her Healing. I said, I just hope that our future is filled with, you know, no more physical fires and devastation, but rather spiritual and emotional fires that burn away what's no longer meant for us and Mm -hmm. no longer serves us because the earth does not deserve this.
2: Mm. Well, thank you for that. Of and course. thank you for all you do. Um, I'll definitely link in your information so that people can find you on your page. And then we'll also put some links together for people to donate. Thank so, you so
1: much for your help and in initiating this and spearheading it. It's like on behalf of Australia, we're, we're so grateful and we're so thankful. Absolutely. We are all inhabitants of planet earth, you know? So yes, while Australia is
2: feeling it, I think globally we're now called to connect. We're all, we're all one at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Kanga Bitch, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit, Kanga, about what you do.
0: We would like to introduce you to a friend that Rachel met in Hawaii and gave her the nickname, Kanga Bitch. Taris Sun, Taris Moon, Taris Rising. But the rising is based on mum's memory and not 100% confirmed.
3: So I work in media and journalism and I live in Sydney. How long have you lived in Sydney? Most of my
2: adult life. Tell me a little bit about what's happening in Australia right now.
3: So we're currently in, I guess, what we're calling a bushfire crisis. And I think for me, like it became really apparent the scale of it was when people you know from overseas are reaching out and asking me like are we okay are we in, you know like the direct line of fire like people are generally really worried globally um which I think is you know just tells you so much about the scale of it
2: how long have people been reaching out to you I mean was that well over the
3: past week not more? yeah that's been over I'd say like the past couple of weeks but to be honest like in Sydney we've been experiencing smoke now for like I'd say at least since late October. So this has been going on for like, you know, three months. It's mm-hmm. not new for us, but I think like the global media um, pickup has really sort of started to ramp up. Bushfires, is that something that you experience yes. a lot? yeah, we are. It's just like it comes with living here. It's just a natural part of life. It's the landscape, the environment. But I think what people need to know, especially mm-hmm. listening in America, is that Sydney City isn't impacted. Obviously like most cities we're not like a wide open space. Well, I mean you so have smoke, right? So you're you're talking yeah. about impact of like actual flame and fire. Impact of actual flame. I guess we're we're really lucky that way, but we do have bushland around and you know there are like friends' houses, I'd say maybe twenty minutes from mine who can sometimes, you know get a a warning of a possible bushfire around there. But I guess it's easier for crews to mobilise and help those people that are closer in the city rather than, you know, the the rural services that are really stretched. Being in journalism, what's the news like over there? I mean, it's everywhere. Like, you can't escape it. It's rolling coverage on the really bad days, like when the fires reach emergency levels. They go on to to rolling coverage. (laughs) I don't really know what else is happening besides bushfires right now. That's all the media resources are focused on right now.
2: So for people that are overseas or not in Australia, you know, there's so many different links to give and provide some kind of help. What do you believe is the best way people can help right now?
3: Just donating money, especially if you're overseas. For us, there was like a lot of drives to donate goods and, you know, toiletries, food, furniture, whatnot, but that's actually because of the influx, you know, everyone wants to do something. It's actually um, making things a little bit more difficult for the volunteers on the ground because they have to catalogue all this stuff and they're using empty halls and spaces that they would use for like evacuation centres to stockpile. Mm. Um, So they have too much stuff now and it's actually, it's delaying, you know, them from doing their actual job of helping people Mm. trying to process all this stuff. So they don't need more of that, but they're Mm. still asking for monetary donations. So there's a lot And this is the thing we've seen, like, you know, you've got the Kardashians and every Hollywood celebrity now posting things on Instagram, asking, you know, to links to donate and stuff. In terms of like who, what organizations, Mm -hmm. um, any of the rural fire services. So obviously like New South Wales Rural Fire Service, you can go online. I don't know. I think international donations is probably just another little step you have to do. I was having this conversation with a friend the other day, and we feel like there's been such a lack of awareness of what's
0: happening there is some context missing in this conversation when kangabitch refers to those communities she's referencing our conversation before we started recording those communities are the first nations and indigenous peoples of australia
3: there's been such a lack of awareness of what's happening to those communities or how they've been impacted as well which i mean is not uncommon but it always seems like that's the last bit to get covered by the media you know once all the excuse upon dust is settled then we start hearing about that probably another thing to mention is just in terms of like obviously being in like Sydney city. I think the reason why it's, there's been one, it's been so widespread and it's been really bad this year, but also like we have felt the effects of it just living our normal like city lives with all this smoke, you know, just a couple of days, a handful of days in the last couple of months where we've had like a blue sky or fresh air. So when it sort of hits close to home, I think we can empathize more with the people that are really doing it hard out like on the front lines and stuff. Is um, New South Wales, is
2: this the place that is having the most damage done? Or it, is there I, another
3: region? I think Victoria as well. But we had an earlier, I believe, don't quote me, I believe we had like a head start on them. So it's probably been going on longer here. They've got hot temperatures too, but we probably on the whole have maybe like a average higher temperatures than they do. But it's also happening in, in South Australia too. So
2: maybe we should do three
3: regions, three region yeah. donations, do three regions, animals, First like Nations.
2: Balance. So yeah. five total.
3: Let okay. me look into what there are um like indigenous charities.
2: Pella, my friend from Camino de Santiago, thanks so much for
0: joining me to give a little context. Where do you live? We would like to introduce you to Recently had her sun circumnavigation, Pella, Capricorn sun, Cancer moon, Cancer rising. I currently live in Sydney.
4: My parents live in Canberra, so I've been in both of those places in the last two weeks.
2: And how long have you lived in Sydney or Canberra? I lived in
4: Sydney for 13 years and then I spent three years away, but I've been back for two years, so some total of 15 And I have never seen anything like this in my life. What is
2: happening in Australia?
4: I understand that social media has really only reached a peak internationally in the last couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. but the fires have been burning in this country since September, and it's now early January. Probably the worst period was late December. We are having some cooler temperatures and a tiny bit of rain right at the moment. So we have a little reprieve, but it's supposed to get hot again by Friday so the day after tomorrow, and then the winds are whipping up again over the weekend, and we're back to ground zero, essentially.
2: When you say you've never seen anything like this, like what are you seeing?
4: I work in the centre of the city, at the centre of Sydney, in a place called Darling Harbour, which is on the water. I'm right around the corner from Mm -hmm. the Opera House. So I look across a body of water, Darling Harbour. It's maybe 200 metres wide, 150 perhaps. It's not very far. And then I'm looking at the cityscape on the far side, In December, smoke blew into the centre of Sydney such that I could not see the city on the other side of 150 metres of water. I couldn't see the cityscape; The entirety of Sydney was blanked out to my view and I work in the middle of it. That's in the centre of the biggest city in the country. Wow. You can taste it. If you open your windows, you can taste smoke and ash most mornings. So today, again, smoke is blowing in. I've had blue skies for three days, Mm -hmm. but today, again, smoke is blowing in and it's really, it looks like fog or cloud on the other side of the city, but it's smoke. That's crazy. So Sydney is the capital of New South Wales, which is currently the most affected state, but I am by no means in the middle of the fire territory. So We had fires in the Blue Mountains, which are quite close to us in December, and it was smoke from there that I was Mm. looking at, trying to look out my window before Mm. Christmas. Mm -hmm. And now the main problem has moved south of me. So Mm. it's down the south coast, reaching from here down into the border of Victoria. I can still see smoke, but I am nowhere near the front line. I'm not anywhere near what's
2: Mm -hmm. actually happening on the ground. People want to help. How does someone choose what organization to give to, or do you have any advice or suggestions on what to, to do to help? Yeah, it is
4: really overwhelming. Initially, we were doing drives to take non-perishable food and bottled water and hygiene products to into the bush, but now they don't have enough hands to actually be distributing what they're receiving. We need money. My recommendation would be to donate to the Red Cross, so they will help the people who've been affected. They will help the fire services, they don't really help animals. If people would prefer to help the animal cause, then either you'd be donating to an organisation called WIRES or if you knit, you'd be making little pouches and posting them in because there are all sorts of baby marsupials who don't have a pouch to live in anymore and Mm. um, organisations are trying to cater so that they all survive. It's just horrific. It's totally it's terrible it's terrible the problems at the moment are that when a fire sweeps into the area we've had communities lose power water and internet and if you've lost internet so I had I had some friends who had parents down on the coast who lost all communication so they were unable to get a message from the internet about whether or not the wind had changed and whether they should evacuate And their family were unable to contact them. This is people in their 70s. I mean, this is an isolated story, but it's happening to communities across the country. Mm. When they lose power and water, where now there are concerns about the drinking water in several communities along the coast, Mm. there are some communities who don't have access to water at all. If we've got people sheltering on the beach for any period of time, then you have a hygiene problem because we don't have the facilities for the number of people who were there for the period of time. They're now being evacuated to larger centres, so hopefully that should ease. But the ash, in a little bit of rain, ash is now falling rather than water, so that's being absorbed into the water systems. So that's a secondary problem for us. There are professional firefighters, but not enough of them. So a lot of what is happening is these fires are being fought by volunteers from the community itself. Mm. And you would think, can't somebody go around and door knock and make sure that people have evacuated, but there just are not enough people. Mm. If the fire front from Australia, this is a stat from a week ago, perhaps, if you stretched it into one long line, it's not, of course, but if you stretched the fire front into one long line, it would reach from where I am in Sydney to Afghanistan. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a crazy perspective. That is a crazy. So when you think about having fire trucks along that line, right. of course there are not enough to have right. someone go and door knock and make sure that people have evacuated. Yeah. And, and by the way, some of those fire trucks are traveling up to 100Ks or driving, let's say, an hour to go and restock on water to come mm-hmm. back and continue fighting the fires. So that's two hours where they're away from that line
2: Mm, where they're doing mm. something
4: that is more important. So in Australia, people have evacuation plans, but you are essentially responsible for getting out yourself in Mm. time early. There were, because the wind changed before Christmas, some communities who had not been told to evacuate were suddenly caught in the centre is another thing when the wind changes in the mountains kangaroo valley the houses of my friends were saved because of a last minute change in the wind direction but Mm. what that means is the wind is suddenly blowing the fire away from you and now your neighbors are in danger and if that hadn't been predicted then potentially they haven't evacuated they're still there it's still horrific there's nothing about this that isn't horrific
2: Mm. the smoke
4: from these fires is now reaching south america wow these photos are not photoshopped. I have seen a couple of people say that. That is absolutely not the case. This mm. is terrific. It's nearly 5 million hectares that has been burnt out of my country. And the Amazon fire was 800,000 hectares. I'm talking of 4.9 million mm. hectares of land. It's unfathomable. We are concerned about entire species being lost. Where my parents live in Canberra, on New Year's Day, had the worst air quality of any city in the world. It's a city with a population of 300,000. It's not big. Mm-hmm. And they had worse air quality than everywhere in China and everywhere in India. It was the worst air quality in the world because it's, wow. it's in a valley, so smoke blows in mm-hmm. and then it just sits there. And, mm-hmm. and then the next day, another breeze, another wind change brings more smoke and it just consolidates. It's, it's, it's unfathomable. Wow. The predictions are that the fires may continue for another two, potentially three months.
3: Oh, my gosh. This is
4: one of the long-term problems in the country because mm. of climate change. Because the country is heating and getting drier, mm. the fire season is longer. Fires mm. would never have started in September when I was a child. That's too early. That's not mm. fire season. Our peak of summer is until December. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that that does is because our fire services and national park services are trying to do preventative burning Mm -hmm. and manage the fuel load in the winter when they have controlled conditions in which to burn, their window of opportunity for doing that preventative work is now much smaller than it was. So Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily getting the opportunity to do all of that work that they would like to, which means when fire season comes early in September, there's more fuel around, there were less fire breaks there's less water to fight mm-hmm. it with because we're in the middle of a drought. There's Jeez. less that we can do to manage it.
2: That's terrifying.
4: When a fire is fierce enough, it can generate its own thunderstorm above it, which is not a thing that I had heard about before. Mm-hmm. So it's lightning strikes, it's, it's thunderstorms, it's occasionally accidental, but mm-hmm. most of these are just wildfires.
2: Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to share? Well, the other thing that
4: people should do is that they should book a holiday to Australia.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more. Tell us more. not
4: now. Our economy relies quite heavily on tourism, and I think that this will um, have a hit to our tourist industry. And Mm. that's the problem in the long run. So uh, it's also a thing that I personally will do when the fires come down, whenever that may be, the middle Mm -hmm. of the year, two or three months, I will make a point of going to holiday in some of these affected places Mm. and staying in their hotels and buying their produce and supporting the small businesses that are there. Mm. And anybody from around the world can do that. They can book a holiday to Australia for winter or for next year or for some time in the future and go to smaller communities and help them get back on their feet. I love that. There are beautiful places to visit and they will still be beautiful. Mm. The Australian bush regenerates very fast. Mm. So it'll be green. I mean, some of the first fires are green again already now, and it's three Mm. months later. So there is a lot of beauty here, and and Mm. we need people to come and see it.
0: We invite you to participate in our Cosmic Collective charity, Donate Down Under. Please listen to the episode titled, Donate Down Under to learn everything you need to know. Or visit htp colon slash slash linktr dot <S-E> e e slash cosmic collective charity the link is in written description do you come from a The men at work song, Down Under, was covered by Nick Cunningham. Find his link in our written description.